Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from the tech and business world and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the pod, we have Terry Burns, one of the youngest venture capital investors in the Valley. Terry has also done a lot of other pretty interesting, exciting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask her that much about. Terry, how do you feel about that? I feel fantastic about that. I'm super excited. (laughs) Okay, great. I'm so happy for you to join me. I'm so happy you're here. Thanks for having me. This episode is brought to you by WorkLife, the first venture capital firm designed for a new era where work is more creative and anyone can start something, where life is more flexible and not tied to an office, where everyone is a triple threat. Discover the latest tools to start your own business from anywhere, like Tahoe, Tulum, or, you know, the spare room at your parents' house. Just a thought. Whether it's a jewelry line, merch shop, or a podcast, WorkLife has backed tools for you, yes, you, to build and finance your business. WorkLife is an investor in-house, tonal, settle for financing your direct-to-consumer brand without venture capital, and gorgeous for building better customer support for your e-commerce store. Sign up for the WorkLife newsletter for interviews with creators and updates on new tools for your work life at worklife.vc. What's good? How are you doing? How's mom, by the way? I know that you're chilling at home with your parents, <laughs> as am I. Yes, we are chilling hard. Mom is good. She's out playing tennis right now, which is her number one main activity all day, every day. Nice, nice. <laughs> I've been really looking forward to our conversation, Terry. I wanted you on non-technical for a few reasons. One of them is that we went to the same college, NYU. NYU, man, I have been thinking a lot about New York City because I've been thinking about all the places that I cannot really go because we can't go anywhere. Good old days, Washington Square Park, you know? I do know, and I miss it. And I've been having those same feelings. I miss it dearly. As a result of NYU and then also just being in the same world, we have a bunch of mutual friends, which made me excited to chat with you. And you and I are Twitter friends and you're funny on Twitter. <laughs> Wait, when a comedian tells you that you're funny, that's when you, like, you know you've made it. So like, I feel so honored and excited that you said that. Thank you, Alexis. Oh my God, it's true. It's true. It's like, she's funny. I wonder if she'd come on my podcast. <laughs> Totally. No, I mean, I think obviously you're funny too. So oh, I feel so honored. Thank you. Oh, yay. Oh my God. I love a mutual admiration society. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Fabulous. The other reason is that your website is amazing and it says you like a lot of stuff that I also really like. For example, it says you like manicures, books, ramen, wine, to-do lists, public speaking, dinner parties, the internet, inbox zero. I was like, sign me up. These are so many of my favorite things. Yeah, totally connected. It's really funny because I actually don't update that often or often, I should say. I listened to your episode (laughs) with Cassidy Williams. Oh my God, does the podcast already have an inside joke? Is it happening? I guess so. I don't update it often and people will reach out and be like, hey, I love ramen too. And I'm like, what are you Mm. talking about? Not realizing what they're referring to. But that's great. I'm glad that we have so many things in common. We really do. And to clarify, are you still big on ramen or is that an out of date fact? To be clear, I'm still completely obsessed with ramen. Love it. Oh, thank God. Okay. It was real touch and go for a second there, but we made it. We made it. Totally. Okay. Well, Terry, I'm so excited to have you. And before we dive in, I'm going to give our listeners a little bit of background on all of that really incredible professional experience you have. Wonderful. So Terry Burns is currently one of the youngest venture capital partners in the Valley, having previously worked at companies like Twitter and Venmo. 
In fact, Terry was just named to the Forbes 30 under 30 list in venture capital. In addition, Terry advises technology companies and nonprofits, most recently as a board member at Brave Initiatives, a nonprofit that teaches girls from underserved global communities to code. Terry studied computer science at NYU before moving to the Bay, where she's recently been residing with her parents, who became her roommates during quarantine. Terry also recently spoke at the 2021 Teen Vogue Summit and launched TLC Collective, a collaborative angel investment effort with friends Lauren Stefanian and Casey Caruso. Terry, welcome again to the pod. Thank you. Wow, I'm so excited to not talk about any of that stuff. This is great. Yay! (laughs) Great. Fantastic. Okay, so my first question for you is, work is done for the day and you close your computer, then what? Great question. Honestly, I never close my computer or my laptop. That's fake news. I mean, (laughs) let's, let's be honest about that. Okay, for sure. But, you know, I realized recently that I, you know, have been going like three or four days without leaving my house at all. And I was like, (laughs) I I feel terrible and I need to do something about this. So I've completely overcompensated. And now I walk like three or four walks a day. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's it's like a, a bit much, honestly, at this point. But, you know, to answer your question, at the end of the day, I will metaphorically close my laptop and usually I'll go on a walk. However, daylight savings has happened and now it's like cold and dark at 2 p.m. or whatever. So dark. So dark. So cold. I bought a treadmill at the beginning of (gasps) quarantine. I've taken to walking on my treadmill at the end of the day if it's too dark to walk outside. So that's kind of like probably the main first go-to activity that I do at the end of the day. Hop off the computer, hop right on the treadmill. Do you watch something while you're on the treadmill or are you just sort of being alone with your thoughts? I'm usually listening to something, music. Ironically, outside of non-technical, of course, I'm not a (laughs) a huge podcast person. So I've gotten into audiobooks. I've been reading Obama's new book, which has been cool. Yeah, usually there's there's something in my ear that I've been listening to. Totally. So are you doing any outdoor daytime walks at all? I am. I usually do like a morning walk before I start the day. And then if I have time and if I plan well enough, which often isn't the case, I do a lunchtime walk. And so that's usually how I get, you know, a number of walks outside during the day. Totally. And to clarify, I was asking that question so I can ask my next one, not because I'm worried that you are not leaving the house. (laughs) I'm like, are you... Are you getting outside? Are you, like, are you okay? Do you want to talk about it? Are you doing okay? I was asking because I'm curious if you've started to see the same people on these walks. Do you have anybody you do a little head nod with? Like, ah, oh, yes, Wednesday. That's a great question. I have started to see a few of the same people. Funnily enough, I'm currently living in Vallejo right now. And it's mm-hmm. like tiny little town. And there's a bunch of wild turkeys in the neighborhood. <laughs> I don't know like, you know, what your history is with turkeys. I personally have not, you know, seen wild turkeys before in my life. Okay. And so there's these packs of literally like 10 to 15 turkeys that are like waddling throughout the street or they fly. Oh did you know that turkeys fly? I didn't. I did know that. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Maybe this is the thing that people know. I didn't know that. So anyway, one of my neighbors, there's this like older man who kind of is outside kind of like tending to his lawn often. Sure. And he's always like, have you seen the turkeys today? So we have a little chat about the turkeys, which is really nice. That's lovely. Yeah. Wow. Wow. A year ago, if someone had told you you were going to be having regular chats with a sweet neighborhood man about turkeys, I think you would have been surprised. <laughs> I, I think surprise is probably the correct word there for sure. Not mad though. I'm not really mad at no. that part of my, my day or my life. So I'll take it. I totally get that. The reason I know that turkeys fly or that uh, just in general, I'm not shocked at the notion of turkeys is that I'm from a very rural part of Connecticut. 
Ah. I'm from like a deer in the backyard part of Connecticut. Wow. Okay. So you have seen a, a wild turkey or two in your day. Seen a wild turkey or two, many deer, many pheasants. My dad used to hunt pheasants. We had a hunting dog to assist with the hunting of pheasants. Whoa, that's wild. I, I can honestly say, I hope I don't sound ridiculous, but I have no idea what a pheasant looks like. That's okay. It's just like a small bird. <laughs> okay, great. I couldn't pick it out of a lineup, but it's small. Great. Small bird. I'll keep that in mind. Maybe there are pheasants around here too. And I just didn't know what the name was. You know who I bet would know is your neighbor. I bet if you brought it up with him. Fantastic. I'm going to ask him and I'll circle back with you on that. Okay, please do. I just think he's going to be delighted for you to engage him on the topic. (laughs) 100%. I think he's going to be thrilled for sure. I love that. And you also told me at one point, you said that you're working out a lot more or you're working out most days, but that you hate it. Is that still the case? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's awful. I have <laughs> no, like, n- really no motivation. I don't know what it is with inside of me that is making me do it. Outside of, I guess, it's just like the need to move my body to prevent depression, I guess. Yeah. But <laughs> I really hate online workout classes. Yeah. I really hate the remote, you know, all our friends, let's get on Zoom and like do yoga together or whatever. I hate that. And so I've literally just been like hopping on the treadmill, running for like 20 minutes and doing some sit-ups and calling it a day. And I've been doing it every single day and it's consistently terrible. Where do you think that motivation is coming from? I think it's probably boredom more than anything Mm. else. I think Mm -hmm. for me, boredom is truly the lowest of the low and (laughs) anything that can pull me even slightly for like 45 minutes out of boredom even if it's something else that I don't love, I, I will do it. And so that's why I do sit-ups every day because I'm bored. For me, accountability to a goal is a big motivator. I've been working out regularly as well, but it is, I swear to you, it is only because I'm living with my mom. And the day I got here, I said, we're going on a workout plan. And I provided the workout plan. And at 8 a.m., Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we work out in the living room. And I refuse to give either of us a pass on it. But she tries to get out of it constantly. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I'll slowly walk in the living room. I'll kind of tie my shoes. I'll be like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I'm so tired. She'll go, oh, you know, we don't have to do it. We don't have to work out. And I'm like, wrong answer. Put that music on. And I put the music. I'm cranking the music. I'm dancing around. I'm like, come on, Ma. Like, you just got to get into it. You got to get into it. Well, this sounds like you're holding yourself accountable. It doesn't sound like your mom is. No, but it's because she is also there. I'm holding us Mm. both accountable, but there's something about the fact that she's participating that's essential. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know that I would be doing it by myself. Yeah, that's true. Well, is tennis part of this as well? I love tennis. I have not played since I got down to Florida. So it's something that's on the list, certainly. The thing is, do you play tennis? I don't play tennis at all. I play no sports. I just do sit-ups when I'm bored. That's my physical <laughs> And like four walks a day. Yeah, four walks a day. The Terry Burns workout program. It's, <laughs> it's simple but effective. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> tennis is good exercise if you're playing singles and if you're playing really hard. If you're playing doubles, I would say we're a little more casual about it. It feels a lot mm. more like standing around and having a chat. It's not the hard workout that I'm looking for. But have you always been a no sports person, even in school? Yeah. When I was younger, when I was really young, I did gymnastics. I did gymnastics competitively in like elementary (gasps) and middle school. And then oh my god, I'm quite tall. I'm five, 10 and a half. So it got to a point where I was like too tall. Like I just wasn't fitting on the equipment. You sized out? 
yeah, I was like, I, I gotta, I gotta move on with my life. This clearly isn't it for me. Did they tell you that? Or did you come to that own conclusion one day on the, uh, what do they call? What's it called? The rings, the horse. I don't know. Is there a thing called a horse, a saddle? There is a saddle. Actually, wow, this is embarrassing. I've been so long since I thought about it. The vault. Yes. When you do the yes, vault, okay. there's another nickname for the vault that yeah. is some sort of horse reference. I thought it was equine in some way. Yeah, okay. yeah, something like that. No one told me that. I'm sure people thought it. But, <laughs> you know, I'm very honest with myself. And it just got to a point in time where I was like, I need to move on with my life. So I did dance okay. in high school. Um, I was like on the dance team. And I think I did a little bit of dance in college at NYU. But I've never yeah. been like a team sport competitive person. Mm-hmm. That's like never been my vibe. Were you required to play a team sport at school? We were required in high school, I remember, to do like one physical activity. It wasn't required that you be on a team. I remember winter term, I would do dance. I did, this is actually, wow, I can't believe I'm like airing my dirty laundry here. I'm so excited. (laughs) I was super into Ultimate Frisbee in high school. Oh, that's not embarrassing. Are you kidding? I was like, ooh, what's she going to say? Yeah, Ultimate Frisbee. I know plenty of people that play Ultimate Frisbee. This probably says a lot more about me than it does about you that I'm like, oh, yeah, Ultimate? Sure. (laughs) Well, you know what? It's so funny because I remember talking to people. I was like, yeah, when I was in high school, I was super into Ultimate. And people are like, you call it Ultimate? Like, you are one of those people. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. That's why when I just said this, I made sure to say Ultimate Frisbee and not just Ultimate. But I was like, really? And I was good because, again, I'm tall. Like, I figured out work for me. I'm able to catch the Frisbee very, very easily. That's awesome. I'm jealous because I always thought Ultimate Frisbee looked really fun, but I lack the coordination for most things. Mm, Like in general? Yeah, just generally. (laughs) Movement, movement through life. And I was always really envious of people who could play Ultimate Frisbee because catching and throwing a Frisbee, it takes like effort for me to do it. Yeah, I think it arguably takes effort for everyone who does it. That's a good point. That's a salient point. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I have a gymnastics question for you. How old were you when you stopped doing it, roughly? So I was in the eighth grade. So what is that, like 13 or so? Oh, so you had done it for a while then before you stopped. Yeah, I had done it for like for like four or five years, something like that. Wow, that's a long time. I did gymnastics at the age where they call it tumbling. Mm. I did tumbling. Aww. Did they ever call it that when you did it? I think that's the sweetest thing in the world. Just kind of like tumble down the floor. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you're four or five years old and they call it tumbling. So I did that after school at some point, but that was my gymnastics career, unfortunately, just cut short before it even got off the ground. Oh, man. Not for me. Honestly, it's never too late. You and I could pick up, you know, some careers in gymnastics (laughs) (laughs) and ultimate if we want, you know, that could be a spinoff of this podcast. I would be so down to play ultimate frisbee anytime (laughs) because now there's no pressure. Now there is no expectation. There's not even a shred of hope that I would be good at something like this. Because to your point, like, why would I be good at it? There is no reason for me to be good at it. And I think that's fine. But I think that when you're younger, there's all this like, ooh, be good at stuff, be good at sports. Yeah, 100%. Why? I mean, I, 
I don't know. It has never made sense to me. I mean, I think I'm just generally past the point in my life where I care about being good at things. In fact, yes. it'd be so much better if we lived in a society where we encouraged folks to not be good at anything, because then we could just be free. You know what I mean? What resonates with me about what you just said is that I do think that we expect people to be good at everything that they do. And there's no room to be bad at things. And everything now is like, Ooh, I'm going to be the best, even when it's a hobby, like I'm going to be the best woodworker. I'm going to be the best, like at playing this instrument. And I actually take a lot of joy in being bad at some of the things that I do. I just don't share them. (laughs) Oh, that's the secret. I'm just bad at them privately. Would you be willing to possibly break this rule of not sharing them? And perhaps, oh, yeah, I'll tell you. Tell me about it. Yeah. Here's an example I wanted a creative hobby that I didn't feel like I had to be good at. I bought watercolor paints and it Whoa. is the most soothing thing in the whole world. And it's just, there's no pressure to be good at watercolor painting for me because why would I be good at watercolors? There is no <laughs> reason for me to be good at it. You know, it's so soothing. Yes. Okay. So, what do you do with the paintings? I would look up YouTube tutorials of flowers and just follow the YouTube tutorials. And everybody on YouTube who does tutorials of watercolor painting is so sweet. They're like, yeah, and then you're just going to drag the paintbrush up to the corner. And if you make a mistake, that's okay. You can dab it a little bit. That is every tutorial. I am so happy for you. This sounds wonderful. And I I actually, I too am deep in YouTube tutorial land right now. Are you? Tell me about that. So I I will say I haven't actually gotten any tools and done anything yet because I feel like I've been doing a little bit of research, which I think actually speaks to this. Maybe I am putting a little bit of pressure on myself to make sure I do it properly when I finally do do it. But I've been very into DIY YouTube. So what section of DIY YouTube are you getting into? So I am super into woodworking. Wait, really? I said woodworking earlier and that was just a random thing that I said. (laughs) Yeah, no, I noticed it. I noticed it. But like, you know, stage one woodworking. Okay. There's a lot of um, Ikea DIY hacks. Oh, fun. Yeah. So if you want to get like a, I don't know, like a dresser, but you want to change the hardware and add a little bit more curvature to it or whatever, you can add wood pieces and then paint over it effectively. And there's just like so many fun hacks and ways to turn like super cheap furniture into something that looks really elegant or vintage or retro. And I've just been obsessed. I actually just got YouTube premium. I'm actually technically in their 30 day free trial. And so maybe try that out. We can, you know, exchange notes. I think I have another week left before I have to make my decision. I'd be curious to hear what happens. This is a situation for me where I would probably sign up for the free trial and then just fully forget to cancel it. Mm, Yeah. Are you one of those people? I'm not one of those people at all. I put multiple reminders in my phone and calendar to avoid that. I put one reminder. I get one reminder and I'm basically giving future Alexis one chance. (laughs) And it's like, you better listen to this. And if not, if I don't listen to my own calendar invite, the one that I set graciously for my future self, then that's on me. And then that's like a $15 tax that I pay for not listening (laughs) to myself. And that's fine. I've made my peace with that. I think that that is very self-aware and I I admire that. Yeah, I definitely, I do two calendar reminders and like a phone reminder. Oh my God, you are really committed. I think I should be more like that. I'm going to try that. I'm going to do multiple reminders. I am. That's a good idea. 
it may or may not work for you. You know, everyone's different. Another pet peeve of mine is like paying for things that I don't want to pay for. Shocker. hundred percent. I totally am on board with that. You said that you are also really into your crock pot these days. Is the YouTube and the crock pot, are those interests intersecting at all? Are you looking at any crock pot content? That is a fantastic question. I actually haven't. And I'm wondering how did I not draw this connection myself? But I'm, I love my crock pot. It is just really, I love it. I think that crock pots are so underrated. Was it a quarantine purchase? Sort of. I had a crock pot a couple years ago and then I lost it because that's a thing you can easily lose a crock pot. Is it? (laughs) Where did it go? You know what it actually was? I brought it um, on a trip to like this Airbnb situation and I'm pretty sure I left it at the Airbnb. Oh no. Oh, but hey, that must have been a great find for the owner of that Airbnb. Maybe that made their day. You know what? I would think that, but I actually remember when I arrived at the Airbnb, they already had a crock pot. Oh, and no. I was like, oh, like I didn't even need to bring this crock pot, whatever. And then of course I leave my crock pot there. So now they have two crock pots. I hope that they're very grateful because I think that crock pots are delightful. But anyway, that was a few years ago and I had not bought a new one since then. And then in quarantine, I was like, oh, I should do this thing that I've been meaning to do for a while. And it's been a rebirth of excitement. I love my crock pot. I'm really happy for you that it brings you so much joy. I don't have a single kitchen appliance that brings me that much joy. Is that true? If coffee making stuff counts? I think that counts. Okay. Then I would say owning a Chemex has made my life markedly better. Wow. I'm really happy for you. I don't drink coffee at all. Never have. (gasps) Never got into it. Yeah. I don't know. Have you ever? Are you, have you, uh, I have so many, (laughs) my head is just spinning. Were you always not into coffee or is that a more recent development? I've always not been into coffee. Wow. Tea? I love tea. I'm a a tea drinker for sure. Coffee's fine, but I'm not enamored with the taste of it. And so Mm -hmm. never really get it. And caffeine in general doesn't really impact me that much. I don't think like I've never, yeah, I've never had like a super caffeinated drink and really noticed it. So yeah, I don't know. I just channel my own energy for my days, I guess. I mean this sincerely. I'm so thrilled that you live a life where you don't need caffeine. That is not my, yes, that is not my situation. Not because I'm one of those people. I'll put it this way. If you ever catch me in a shirt that says, don't talk to me until I've had my coffee, sit me down and have an intervention. I refuse. I will not be that person. I'm not that person. But I do feel the difference between a a moment when I'm having coffee and when I'm not having coffee. And I will sometimes use coffee to motivate me to do other things. If I have something that I really don't want to do, I'll be like, okay, I'm going to have a coffee. That'll help. Whoa. Interesting. Do you drink coffee every single day then? Or like, yeah. Whoa. It's like a daily Mm -hmm. ritual. I actually think I need to pull back because right now I'm drinking it every day, twice a day. That's just a lot of caffeine. I've never been like a super, super big coffee drinker. I don't know. I, I feel you. Not everybody is. Terry, question for you. Have you ever been known as the something person? For example, the math girl in high school. Or in my case, the drama girl in high school, obviously. Obviously, of course. I love that for you. (laughs) Yeah, I was like kind of thinking about this one. I think if I'm going to be really honest, probably like the loud girl. Really? 
Yeah, I like, I have a voice. Freshman year of college at NYU, I distinctly remember my roommates and I, our room was right next to the elevator in the dorm. And so we used to leave the door open because everyone would have to kind of pass our room to get to their own rooms. We're like social, fun, whatever. We wanted people to come in and talk to us. And I remember like people would kind of come over and be like, hey, what's going on? And I'd be like, oh yeah, like the craziest thing happened to me today. And very consistently, they would be like, yeah, I overheard you telling this story earlier today. <laughs> like my room. Oh my God. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I had that reputation for a while. And I feel like this is something that, yeah, has been a theme in my life. I talk really loudly. It is what it is. <laughs> I wonder if I do, though, because it's never occurred to me that other people are loud, which makes me think I might be loud. Mm. Like I've never mm. thought, wow, Terry's the loud girl. That's never occurred to me. Do you know what I mean? It's, so I think it must mean I might also be loud. Yeah, I think there's definitely a strong correlation with that observation. So yeah, I mean, yeah, like listening yeah. to you right now, I feel like we're kind of on the same kind of tenor. Is that the word? Whatever. So sure. I, I think you might, you might also be loud. And I'm fine with that. And the other reason why I think that is that people frequently think that I'm taller than I am. Mm, interesting. I will get told, well, Alexis, you're a tall girl. And I'll be like, how tall do you think I am? I don't know, five, nine, five, I don't know, yeah, five, nine. I'm like, okay, I am five, seven. I am five feet, seven inches tall. And I really don't wear heels that frequently. So I think it's just because I have kind of like a tall girl presence in the sense that I'm loud. It's 100%. Yeah. I mean, I I love that story. I think that's fantastic. I think we're both loud. I love that for us. And I'm happy for us. Absolutely. Okay. What is the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on? You know, I, I tweeted this recently and... <gasps> oh, wait. Oh, my God. I think I know what tweet you're going to reference and I'm very excited. <laughs> okay, tell me. <laughs> yeah, I just tweeted it one day and it caused such a ruckus, which I'm going to continue to stand by my stance, which is every single bagel shop yes! in <laughs> the history of the universe consistently puts way too much cream cheese on bagels. Like every time I buy a bagel, I'm like... Why is there so much cream cheese? This is just a simple fact and I will die on this hill. I am so thrilled that you brought this up because I actually have it noted to ask you about because really? I saw this tweet. Yeah, 100%. Okay, let's dive in. So <laughs> let's, Yeah, let's, let's unpack. Yeah, let's, let's do it. Let's get into it. Let's unpack. So first question for you is, are you a fan of bagels and cream cheese? Is this a go-to for you or is it more of a special treat? I love bagels and cream cheese. Definitely. I would say a go-to. Yeah. What's your go-to bagel order? What are you ordering that results in so much cream cheese? That's a great question. I do think that my typical bagel order is on the plain side. I'm definitely not a person who likes a ton of stuff on my bagel, which I think actually makes my argument stronger, but we'll get to that. Love a plain bagel. Love like a a sea salt bagel I can do. Plain. Full plain? I will literally get a full plain bagel. But I would say if I had to pick like one kind of bagel order for the rest of my life, I would honestly yeah. just pick a plain bagel with maybe like a dill cream cheese. Okay. So the flavor's coming in the schmear for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I would say. Okay. Yeah. 100%. That's yeah. That's actually an interesting point. Yeah. The, the schmear is the vehicle for which there is flavor. (laughs) I'm I'm the opposite, interestingly enough, is that I'm a big everything bagel or poppy seed bagel. It'll be plain cream cheese. Or honestly, I went through probably a three-year phase when I lived in New York where I was ordering an everything bagel toasted with butter, 
which I think is looking back a buck wild order. Frankly, this was a late night order for me. This is not a morning bagel. This was a, Mm -hmm. it's late. I'm going to the (laughs) bodega on the way home and I'm ordering an everything bagel with butter. And it was nothing made me happier. Nothing brought me more joy. Alexis, I absolutely love this because I'm a very strong proponent of butter on bagels. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I very strongly believe. I will even go so far as to say, oh, you know what? This is a, a good point too, because I was listening to the podcast with Cassidy and you also yeah. asked um, what's something that your family did that you thought was normal and then you later learned yes. it was weird. I'm now realizing there's a connection here with bagels. Every time we would get bagels, my mom would get a plain bagel with butter and cream okay. cheese on top. She would do Whoa. both. Yes. Whoa. That was like my bagel order like consistently all the time. I never thought anything of it. And then I would start ordering in front of my friends and they would be like, what the hell? And I'm like, that's weird. I had no idea it was weird. And I still love wow. it. I still get it. That's a great order. I have, it has never in my life occurred to me to do both. Alexis, I'm just here to change lives. I mean, we're blowing the story wide open. You know, this was one tweet on November 14th. And now, I mean, who knew that there was historical family context that went into it? Yeah, we really dug in there. And now I'm realizing, yeah, there's a family lineage here. But anyway, I say all this to say, there's lots of creative things that you can do with a bagel. And I just feel that the cream cheese doesn't need to and should not overpower it. It's a ratio situation. It's a ratio. And I love cream cheese. Don't get me wrong. I always want cream cheese. Do I Mm. want as much cream cheese as I do bread? No, hard no. You know what though? I like the experience of how much cream cheese is on a bagel. (laughs) Like it's fun. (laughs) I do. I I lived in New York for seven years and getting a bagel with just, I love that there's a heap of cream cheese. The experience of that is beautiful to me. And I would not be able to eat all of that cream cheese in one sitting, admittedly. But the experience of getting it was joyful. That's fair. And I think, you know, if we sort of distinguish between the experience of having and opening and walking down the street Mm. with and smelling and just like being in the presence of a bagel from the actual perfect ratio of taste, I can I can get on board with that. But if we're just talking about taste, I think pretty consistently way too much cream cheese. No, we're we're absolutely on the same page. Did you have a favorite bagel spot in New York? So my freshman and sophomore year, I lived above a Dunkin' Donuts. And I can't say that Dunkin' has the best bagels in the world, but do I have... Terry, don't, don't, don't hurt me like this. <laughs> don't do this to me. I'm, I'm just saying I have such fond oh my memories God. of just rolling out of bed, ending up with a sausage, egg, and cheese Dunkin' bagel in my hands, reflecting on the shenanigans of the night before. Like I just, I don't know. There's, there's something to it. There's a lot. Yeah. It's important to be able to be friends with people with whom you have differences. That's what I'm reminding myself in this moment after this reveal that's just (laughs) occurred. I'm trying to figure out where you lived freshman year based on this. And I'm going to say third North. Was that above a Duncan? Close, close. It was University Hall off of... Oh, of course. Oh, God. Alexis, come on. I know better than yeah, that. Yeah, all good. All good. That was very close to a number of other bagel places. Top of a Dunkin' Donuts, I know. Okay. I feel like I'm going to get canceled for this, um, which, you know... But if you were going to get... Honestly, though, I think that that would be noble to go down for where you like to get a bagel. I That's fine with me. If that's ultimately what takes me down, so be it. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I've already made clear that my my bagel sort of opinions are controversial, and I'm going to stand by them. 
Yeah, they are. And I think it's good to know that about yourself. And that's just part of you and your story, your narrative. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) My narrative. Is there a fad that you look back on participating in that now makes you a little cringy? Yes, I would love to hear your answer to this. Okay, mine is like very, very specific. It'd be hilarious to hear if anyone who did not go to Hughes Middle School in Long Beach, California (laughs) knows of this fad. So when I was in middle school down in Long Beach, there was this fad where you would take rubber bands, not even hair bands, like just literal rubber bands, and you would put them on the bottom of your jeans and like around your ankle. So you'd like put your foot through it and you would like put it on your ankle and you would kind of like fluff up the jean material and and walk around like that was like a style like it was a thing to do like look cool and the rubber band could still be seen that's an excellent question alexis no it was very important if the rubber band was seen like you're doing it wrong you would have to kind of like fold over the jean over the rubber band to kind of hide it so were we going for a boot cut oh my god you know what now that you mention it maybe we were kind of like ahead of our time back then I'm asking because, first of all, bell-bottom jeans had a moment in the mid-90s, I think 1999-ish, early 2000s. Bell-bottoms came back with a vengeance. With a vengeance. They came back, especially for middle schoolers. And then it was boot cut. And then it was skinny. By the way, bell-bottoms have since made another resurgence in high fashion. And now we've gone so wide leg that it's oh, totally like almost culottes territory. But that's neither here nor there. I'm wondering, was this like a middle school attempt to kind of like be more in vogue? You know, I think that's a generous perspective. (laughs) But I kind of like it. I kind of might stick with that. Yeah, I I have no idea like what the hell was going on in our brains. Like there was there was literally no logic behind this. But this was like a thing that the quote unquote popular girls and stuff would do in middle school. And I remember I was going to try it. And so I did it one day before school. And I was like about to walk out the door to like walk to school. And my mom was like, what? are you doing? What is happening here? (laughs) This is just not okay. This is illegal somewhere. And so I took them off and then put them back on when I was back at school, thinking back that fortunately there's no footage, there's no images, pictures as far as I'm concerned with. But I definitely think there's a moment, like a a couple months where like that was the vibe for your jeans in middle school. Wow. Not in middle school, but later when the aforementioned skinny jeans were the only thing one was permitted to wear, I was always looking for ways to make them look skinnier. So I would like tuck them into my socks and then into my boots, for example. If I had to guess, it's probably because I was not buying jeans that were cool enough to truly be skinny jeans. So I was trying to manufacture my own in that way. Yeah. I mean, you were being creative about it, which you got to respect. You got to respect that hustle. Yeah, exactly. It did not work. It won me no cool points. I I also think I was probably in that point. I was in the red on cool points. I don't think that my makeshift skinny jeans were going to dig me out, unfortunately. Yeah, that didn't, didn't tip you over the edge. I also remember in middle and high school, it was very uncool to have your backpack appear to be full. Like it oh was like God. this... Yeah, like it was like a sign that you were like a nerd or whatever if you like oh, had a really that. big backpack. And so I remember I would you would literally like stack things on top of each other in your backpack so that it would appear flatter instead of wider because <laughs> that was like the vibe. Yeah. God forbid anyone try. You know what I mean? This is why I did not succeed in middle or high school at all socially because trying is not historically cool. 
I mean, the irony is that, of course, you end up trying way more than you do otherwise, right? Like, I remember, Mm -hmm. like, trying to, like, fold my gym clothes to be as flat as possible, which just, like, took time out the day. Like, there's a million other things that I could have been doing. Such a good point. Very, very ironic. There's so much effort that goes into the illusion that there's no effort. Exactly. Yeah. You asked me what mine was. Obviously, there's so many. One that comes to mind is that I wore a lot of big bangles big, bright colored wrist bangles. I wore big, chunky plastic uh, jewelry. Do you remember this? Yeah. Like costume jewelry almost. Yeah. Like Uh really big. Yeah. 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 Big, like, but baubles, like baubles of costume jewelry, big, wide belts, big, wide belts right around the waist. Oh my God. Did you guys have the belts where like the metal ones where you could get your name? Oh my, we definitely had the metal ones, but I never had my name. That's very cool. Yeah, it would be like a rectangular buckle and you could go to the mall and like you tell them your wow. name and then they put the letters like those were super popular. And I remember the really cool kids would get electronic ones where <gasps> your name would like it would like light up and like move across the screen. Yeah, it was. Wow. Man, what a time. I'm so glad we made it to where we are now. <laughs> I was just going to say like good for then. Happy to be in the now. That's yeah, certainly yeah, true. Yeah. I also haven't put on a belt in God knows how long, just in general. Don't even think I own a belt. I think it's been swallowed by, I don't know, my closet. Who knows? I looked for a belt yesterday and nowhere to be found. I don't know where that is. They're gone. That's right. (laughs) They're gone forever. So Terry, what makes you laugh? Oh, good question. I laughed the hardest I've laughed in so long two days ago. Yes. There is this article on the New York Post that was entitled, I like can't even read it without laughing, NYC Chipotle besieged by rats feasting on avocados, comma, <laughs> biting employees. And, and the whole thing is like, oh my God. Oh it's like, it's so, God. it's so horrible <laughs> and so funny at the same time. It's, it's fantastic. God, that's great. Which Chipotle is this? Did they give a location? They gave a location, like Upper Manhattan. I think like 169th or something like that. Yes, super uptown. Besieged by rats. (laughs) (laughs) I had a a mouse incident happen in late 2018 slash early 2019 where there was a mouse in my apartment. And this was like the news of the friend group for like months on end. It was all I could talk about with my friends. I literally left my apartment for like a week and couch surfed in different friends' houses. Oh my God. I can, I cannot. The mouse kicked you out. The mouse won. Like I let the mouse Did you name it? (laughs) Terror was the name of it. Really? Oh my God. Terror v. Terry. And Terror won. Terror for sure won, but it was it was horrible. I think that mice and rodents are like the most disgusting thing ever. I could talk about this for a very long time. And so seeing a post like this, it's just this mix of like terror and humor that just, (laughs) it really, it really got me, you know? Besieged by rats. The drama of that. My God, that is so funny. It's good. So I feel like, yeah, dumb stuff like that on the internet always, always just gets me going, you know? I love that. I will tell you my rat story. 
<gasps> you have one? From oh my, my time in New York. Of course, everybody who's lived in New York has a rat story. I was walking to work over the summer. I was a tour guide at NYU, obviously. And over the summer, I, I remained a tour guide. And I was walking to work one morning in my sandals, just living my, you know, like July in New York, East Village dream. And I'm walking and I feel myself kick something warm. And I look down to find a rat getting air, having just been kicked by my open-toed sandal. The rat plops down, scurries away. I'm obviously screaming at this point on the sidewalk. And I'm just like, oh, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. My and I, God. It was, I, I will never forget the warmth of its fur on my foot. I'll never forget that. I will die thinking of the warmth of this rat's fur. I can't even imagine. I, I honestly, I'm not even kidding, like would have at least seriously considered calling in sick for the rest of the day. Well, I got to work and that's what people asked me. I was like, I, I they're like, what's wrong? Like, I kicked a rat. They're like, do you want to go home? Yes. I was like, no, I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> I no, can be at the admissions office. No, it's important. Oh my God. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Yes. I can't oh believe God. I'm still here. But it, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. And that made me stronger that day. That's what they say, but I don't know. Like that seems that seems pretty bad. It was pretty bad, but I think it is a formative experience about New York life. I do think everybody has a rat or mouse story. And if you don't, what are you doing? You got to yeah, live your exactly. life. Yeah, exactly. Got to get out. NYC living. Okay, a different topic for you. I want to know if you know your Myers Briggs type and if you care. So my Myers Briggs type, I think, is ESTJ. Do I care? Yeah. Yeah. I, I care insofar as like I'm at a house party and it's late at night and I kind of like want to go home, but not yet. And I'm sitting on a couch mm-hmm. and there's a cool group of people around me and we're like, what are we going to talk about? Myers Briggs. I feel like that's yeah. a great, yeah, I feel like that's a good vibe. And I think for me, it's a nice door opener to somebody. It's a, a nice yeah. thing to learn about them, but I've never defined anybody by their type. Is there any part of your type that is surprising to you? I'm an ENFJ. Okay. So for listeners, you said you're ESTJ. So that's extroversion, sensing, thinking, judging. I'm ENFJ, which is extroversion, intuition, feeling, judging. And I'm not surprised by by that at all. I looked up on your website, it says you're a fan of Rihanna. So I looked up Rihanna's Myers-Briggs and she's <gasps> apparently ISFP. So introversion, sensing, mm. feeling, perception. Wow, we're very different. How do you feel knowing this? <laughs> I, I feel good. I, I think actually to your point about like, you know, it being a good door opener. I think when people have yeah. very different Myers-Briggs, it's kind of interesting. And so I feel like Rihanna and I would have a fantastic conversation about our respective Myers-Briggs types. So I feel great. Because you don't necessarily only want to be friends with people who are the same as you. I think it is nice to have people in your life who are different. Yeah, I mean, different perspectives on bagels and cream cheese, like all 100%, of it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Our friendship is going to flourish, I think, <laughs> after now Now that we know this. I have oh, one friend who's my exact Myers-Briggs type, and she's one of my best friends. So it can work that way, too. <laughs> oh, I love that. That's funny. <laughs> I know. I know. She's the, the best. Okay, cool. And then what about um, Enneagram? Have you taken that one? I have. I am a type 7. Okay. Which one is that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's been a while since I've taken it. And I, my next question is, do you care? So I guess not, maybe not that much. <laughs> there's a bunch of people in my life who I love dearly and care about who are very into it. 
And so I hear all the time, like, you know, I'll say something and they'll be like, oh, Terry, you're such a seven. Funny. It's usually when something to the effect of like very social, chaotic, maybe perhaps slightly emotionally avoidant, if I'm being honest. Okay. Okay. I just looked it up and it says the seven is the enthusiast, the busy variety seeking type, spontaneous, versatile, acquisitive, and scattered. Wow. Yeah, that, that, oh, look at that. That resonates for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I feel the same way where it's like, oh, it's fun. I though, I like that you're, you say you have people in your life who do care about it because I kind of want people in my life to take it because I'm just curious. Friends of mine and people in my life who are really into the Enneagram or Mm Myers-Briggs or even astrological signs, it'll come up when we're having actually very serious conversations as like, yeah, as like a tool or like, oh, that's not super surprising. Because remember when we talked about XYZ as it pertains to your sign or your type or whatever. So I I agree. I I love that. It's really helpful. Yeah. I want to be friends with these friends. They sound great. Come through. Yeah. Maybe we can all hang out in person someday. The actual dream. (laughs) Speaking of astrological sign, do you know yours? I do. I'm a Pisces and I... Might be getting these reversed, but I'm a, I think I'm a Cancer Moon and Aries rising. Is astrology something you follow? Not at all. No. Again, I, I mean, I will say, you know, there's some overlap with like the Enneagram crew and the astrology crew in my life. Is there really? Yeah. So all the time I'll hear like, oh, that's such a Pisces thing for you to do or whatever. And I'm just kind <laughs> of like, great, I think, maybe. But I I personally am not the one leading the charge on a lot of those conversations. I will say, I do think Rihanna was born around the same time as me. Really? Yeah, but I've never looked up her sign. I think I'm kind of on the cusp, so we might be different, but... When's your birthday? And when's hers? And I love that you know her birthday also. My birthday is February 22nd, and I'm pretty sure hers is February 20th. You can double check that though. She is February 20th, yes. Oh, what do you know? Um, And it says that she's a Pisces. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay, so this is this could be the end of the conversation and then you can learn more about each other by talking through Myers-Briggs. 100%. Wow. I have a plan now. This is great. This is great. So now we all just need to get you in a room with Rihanna and then instant friendship. Okay, all right. What do people always say? Like Twitter, do your work. I'm like, <laughs> non-technical <laughs> podcast listeners, do your work. Yes, 100%. Let's put that out there to the non-technical mm-hmm. audience and we'll see what happens. Speaking yeah. of putting things out there into the universe, do you meditate? So uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on this, actually. I might sound ridiculous, but... Tell me. I have never intentionally meditated. Okay. However... I was reflecting on kind of this like superpower, maybe not superpower, but like thing that I've done throughout my whole life that I'm kind of like, is this meditating? So whenever I have really busy days, super common for me to be like, okay, I have a 10 minute break, a 15 minute break. I just really need to like rest my eyes and my brain for a moment in time and just literally go into an empty conference room and sit on the floor or in a chair or whatever and close my eyes and just empty my thoughts for like 10, 15 minutes on the dot, get up and then presume my day. And I've never thought about that as meditating. And then very recently I was thinking, because I did it like the other day and I was like, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the thing that everyone is talking about all the time. So I would love to know, do you think that's meditating? Yeah. Yeah. Terry, I think that's meditating. (laughs) But it's not intentional. 
But I'm trying to think of what would make it not meditating. I think that is what that is. I think the lack of intentionality behind it. I'm not like, oh, I want to meditate or I'm like, I'm not, I don't have a goal other than I just need to like pause for a second. That's the way I've just like thought about it. But maybe, yeah, maybe that's clearly meditating. I don't know. I love that. That's so cool that you intuited that's what you wanted to do and that it wasn't the result of why I've meditated, which was everybody in my life saying, you should meditate, you know? <laughs> which by the way, I did and I loved. So everybody was right. I'm not saying they weren't 100% correct. It's just, I feel like I got peer pressured into meditating <laughs> and you sort of just evolved to meditate, which I think is awesome. Yeah. And I woke up one day and I'm like, maybe I was, I've been meditating this whole time. So Terry, do you believe in ghosts? I would say I don't not believe in ghosts. Okay. I love that. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, I don't really know what's out there. Therefore, I don't know what's not out there. I'm really not into like haunted things, like Mm -hmm. messing with the spirits, poking around, you know, all of that. I'm just like, you don't want to cause trouble. I don't want to cause trouble, you know, Mm -hmm. and and maybe I'm being overly kind of careful because, you know, who knows what is and is not there. But I I choose to play it safe personally. When you were a kid, did you have friends who were interested in causing trouble specifically with the spirits or with haunted stuff? I had friends who it felt like were completely unafraid of what would be at the other end of like a Ouija board or opening a door that was really scary. I was always petrified. Yeah. You know, I don't think that I really had a ton of friends who did that. I mean, a lot of my friends were black and I just feel like that's not like a thing that like all of my, like, you know, a lot of like the neighborhood kind of like black kids were trying to do, we're just like, we don't want to get in trouble. But I definitely think that they're like the closest thing that I can uh, think of is like watching a scary movie and like trying to recreate a scene or something like that. And even that I'm like, I don't even watch scary movies. I'm just kind of like, nah, I'm good. Like y'all can do that. It's a pass. It's a pass for me, you know? It's a pass for me too. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to non-technical, but you may be super technical. You might love to code, even on evenings and weekends, but hey, you're still human, right? Worklife builds and backs low-code and no-code tools for people who can code. I mean, who doesn't love finding ways to make work easier and life a little less stressful? Worklife has backed Mux, WorkOS, Daily.co, Supabase, actually dozens of technical tools that power better video experiences, faster streaming, and new ways to build video games, websites, and more. Worklife backs technical teams building the future of media, entertainment, and, well, all types of events and experiences online. Sign up for updates at worklife.vc. We're back with Terry Burns. Okay, Terry, we've reached a very exciting moment in non-technical, which is the lightning round. Are you ready? Okay. You said that you don't drink coffee, but did you have a favorite tea spot on NYU campus or nearby? Oh, good question. There was a Tiavana that was on campus. That was my favorite spot because you could use your NYU dining dollars for it. So as an RA, yes, you could. Yeah, Mm -hmm. if I had that free meal plan, I could get free tea. So that was my fave. Perfect. Are you an iOS or an Android user? Definitely iOS. Are you iOS like ride or die or could you be persuaded? I could definitely be persuaded. I think it would require a lot of persuading though, if I'm being honest. Okay. (laughs) Someone would really need to pitch you hard on that one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Have you ever read a book twice? I have. Yeah. Actually quite recently. What book? East of Eden by John. Really? 
Yeah, it was my favorite book in high school. And then I was like, I need to see if this is actually still good, like as an adult. <laughs> and so <laughs> I read it maybe like a year ago or so. How did it hold up compared to your memory of it from high school? Incredible. Like still one of my favorite books. I think it's, it's really good. Highly recommend. One of my best friends has a tattoo from East of Eden. He has a Tim Schull tattoo. Whoa, that's really cool. I should meet your friend. You should meet my friend. Oh my yeah. God. That would be what a fun thing to be with people and then introduce them to other people. <laughs> oh my and you God. said you like dinner parties. I like dinner parties. We could honestly, I bet between the two of us throw like an epic dinner party. Okay. So I legitimately, I shit you not, have been planning dinner parties for, I've like planned one for September, October and November, just like high level. I've like, Oh my God. I'm like, okay, what would I want? Who would I want to invite? How big would I want it to be? And so, you know, it's very kind of like skeleton plan right now, but I mm -hmm. am so obsessed with dinner parties. I really want to have them when we can. I'm optimistically, you know, optimizing for Q4 2021. So anyway, we should co-plan one of them together because I think it would be amazing. I'm so 100% into that. It's ridiculous. And then question for you on that is, do you do seating charts? Mm -hmm. Do you pick where people are going to sit? I have not done this historically, okay. but I have been thinking about it for my the ones I'm planning currently for a year yeah. from now. I'd be open to it. I think it depends on the guest list. So here's why I'm an advocate of a seating plan. And the the, uh, the times that I've done this have been my birthdays. When I lived in New York, I used to have big birthday dinners that were too, too big, essentially. 17, 18 people at dinner is not really dinner, right? It's like several different tables, but you're all smooshed together. So what I would do is I would do a seating plan where I would put people together who I thought either knew each other or had similar interests. And I at least one good friendship was born out of that. And it felt so good that that's why I'm a big advocate of seating plans. Yeah, 100%. Let's do it. Love that. Oh, please. 2021. Here we come. Do you have a pump up song? I do right now. I did not. Yeah, I, it changes constantly. But right now I am so into Plastic Hearts by Miley Cyrus. I got it. Oh my say, God. Such a good song. Like why is it so good? Like, it just doesn't it's make excellent. sense. I am a huge a fan jam. of Miley. I know that, you know, she has a history, whatever, perhaps a problematic fave. I'm a big fan of Miley too. Yeah. I'm a huge fan and plastic hearts is so good. So that's my, that's like what I've been playing on repeat. That's what's been pumping me up to do my three to four walks a day. Love that. Oh, okay. Last question for you in the lightning round, Terry is what would you title your memoir? Mm, that's a good question. I'm like trying to think, should there be bagels involved in the title? <laughs> I think honestly, it would be something to the effect of like, great work followed by chaos. Like, I okay. think there's, there's, there's something about like, you know, doing the things and like, you know, trying to like live a good, meaningful life. But yes. there's always just like a tinge of just like chaotic energy in my life, which I'm not mad at. I'll take it. I love that. It's almost like a really, really good bagel with just a little too much cream cheese. Exactly. The actual metaphor of my life. 100%. That's beautiful. That's amazing. Oh my God, Terry, it's been so fun having you on non-technical. Thank you for joining me. This has been awesome. I really appreciate you having me on, Alexis. Absolutely. Where can people find you or learn more about the TLC Collective and all the other good stuff you're working on? Yeah, I mean, I think Twitter, you know, for better or worse, always the come through. <laughs> yeah, come through. Twitter, do your thing. So, <laughs> TC Burning on Twitter is where you can find lots of things. And then, yeah, I'm super excited about 
TLC Collective. You can find more about the work that myself, Lauren, and Casey have been doing at tlccollective.space. And you should check out the website. It's really cool looking. It's got oh, yeah. a really cool aesthetic. <laughs> yeah, we had a lot of fun with it. Um, so yeah, I, I can like, tell. Yeah, thanks. Love that. Okay, well, listeners, uh, if you want to find me, I'm at Yay Alexis Gay on Twitter and Instagram, or you can find the pod at Non Technical Pod on Twitter and. If you feel inclined, I mean, no pressure, but I would really love it if you would write me a review where you include as much corpse speak or tech lingo as possible, please. That is my preference. And I will read one of my favorites on an upcoming episode. Until next time, I hope everybody has a really wonderful week. Terry, once again, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Bye. Bye. 